Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here this glorious day with the blue sky outside. I hope the weather's delightful where you are. And if not, it will get better. It always does. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Oh boy. For a while now, for a while, Democrats have said they're following the science. It looks more and more like they're following the political science when it comes to COVID and masks. There are a series of stories out and some great audio out on what's actually happening. Uh, But the bottom line is this. Uh, We are at a major milestone that we have not seen before. We have never reached this point. Joe Biden's polling average, approval rating polling average, and the Real Clear Politics polling average is below 40% for the first time ever. His approval rating is lower than at any time during Donald Trump's presidency. That's a pretty big deal. His disapproval is not as, uh, is actually improved from a few weeks ago. And the reason is because Democrats are coming home to him. Even as independents who are undecided are shifting negatively. Uh, there's a rally around the flag thing as the election approaches. But uh, his approval rating of the Rookler Politics Bowling Average is 39.8% with 54.4% disapproval. Those are devastating numbers in the congressional elections, you can go, Real Clear Politics has historic data going back uh, all the way into the Bush administration. And you can see that when the president's polling numbers are around 50%, they do okay in the midterms. Above 50%, they might even be able to hold or gain seats in the Senate. When you get down into the 30s, it is destruction. And I don't think it is a coincidence that suddenly all these Democratic states are like, oh, my gosh, get rid of the mask mandate. Got to get rid of the masks. It's, It's amazing to see this at stake and at play. And you should know that even Stacey Abrams has had to come out and apologize for her masking incident uh, where she refused to mask up and other students masked. Listen, she went on with Aaron Burnett on CNN. Listen to this exchange with with precious Stacey Abrams. Do you think it's time to, to lift these mask requirements in schools? Would you lift them if you were governor of Georgia? COVID hygiene is going to be a point of debate for a very long time, and we can only follow the science and follow our circumstances. Unfortunately, in Georgia, we're not at a place where that conversation is ready because we have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country. We have 40% of our counties without general pediatricians, and we've refused to expand Medicaid so so many families don't have access to health care. I believe that our job is to protect children. And I know that educators and parents have to balance protection and education, and that is a complicated issue. I think each governor has to evaluate what's happening where they are. We have to look to the CDC. Uh, Got to look to the CDC. That was, that was a, I would keep the mask mandate in Georgia. 
Uh, so related to that, she's had to apologize. Here's the apology in the excitement after I finished because it was so much fun working with those kids. I took a picture and that was a mistake. Protocols matter and protecting our kids is the most important thing. And anything that can be perceived as undermining that is a mistake. And I apologize. Now, keep in mind uh, that just a few days before her statement was, quote, it is shameful that our opponents are using a Black History Month reading event for Georgia children as the impetus for a false political attack. And it's pitiful and predictable that our opponents continue to look for opportunities to distract from their failed record. Why apologize now if the other day it was a shameful, false political attack and pitiful and predictable? Hmm? Because the national press came after her. That's why. That's why. She had to change her tune. But notice her tune is, well, we shouldn't get rid of the masks. I want to play for you a montage. This is from uh, the Washington Free Beacon. Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, gets elected and gets rid of the mask mandate. That was a month ago. And now Phil Murphy the governor of New Jersey, who nearly lost his election in a surprise near upset, is now getting rid of the mask a month later. Listen to the news coverage of the two events. In Virginia, the new Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, the man on your screen, is defending his executive order, which allows parents to decide if they want their kids to wear masks in school. Glenn Youngkin campaigned as if he were an ordinary suburban, fleece-wearing dad with moderate and inoffensive views. Youngkin did exactly what a Republican does when they get into power. Let's look at what's going on. Let's move this state back 50 years. Virginia governor and Trump in training, Glenn Youngkin. COVID politics makes a lot of Republican governors stupid. We know Glenn Youngkin's true colors. It's that, it's MAGA red. New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut, Oregon, and California all moved to relax their mask mandates. These are all states led by Democrats and once hard hit COVID zones, and they seem to be decisions driven by science, not politics. The reaction so far has been uh, broadly, if not overwhelmingly, uh, positive. Uh, the, the facts are great. We're headed in the right direction, as I think we hoped we would be. More signs the country is pushing to get back to normal. That the responsibility should shift from a government mandate imposed from the state or the local district or the school. Rather, it should shift to an individual responsibility by the family. This follows what uh, the governor in Pennsylvania has done. Uh, The governor in Colorado has started to dismantle a lot of those those rules. New York, Connecticut, they're also looking at similar uh, rules. I mean, this makes your head spin, right? I mean, it's so political. Yes, it's so political. A month ago, Glenn Youngkin, and now Phil Murphy, and suddenly it's following the signs. John Berman at CNN, who... I, I know I really like the guy, but that's the, the, the Democratic governors. It appears to be following science, not politics. Well, why is it? I mean, three weeks, three weeks after the Glenn Youngkin mandate, when it was all political, suddenly it's science. No. Well, I mean, it is, but it's political science, not biological science. Americans are frustrated with the pandemic. These polls show by how much. According to Nate Cohen at the New York Times, a wave of polls taken as the Omicron variant crested across much of the United States shows new signs that the public's resolve to combat the virus is waning. 
The surveys depict an increasingly frustrated and pessimistic nation that is as worried by the specter of the endless pandemic as it is fearful of the disease. With a majority of voters remain concerned about the virus, the balance of recent polling suggests that the desire to return to normalcy has approached or even overtaken alarm about the virus itself. A recent Yahoo News YouGov survey found that 46% of respondents thought Americans should learn to live with the pandemic and get back to normal. 43% thought we need to do more to vaccinate, wear masks, and tests. Republican firm Echelon Insights had similar findings, reporting 55% of voters thought COVID-19 should be treated as endemic, never fully going away. The results are especially striking at a time when coronavirus cases, hospitalizations, and even deaths are at record highs. Indeed, the same polls showed the public's concern about the virus increased during the Omicron wave, but in a telling indication of the public's attitudes, greater worry about the virus has not translated into greater support for measures to stop its spread. That was the New York Times yesterday. Here's the New York Times today. New York joins several other U.S. states in rolling back mask mandates as infections fall. But they're not getting rid of the mask mandate in schools. They're not getting rid of the mask mandate in schools. They're all changing their tone, but they don't want to get rid of it in schools in, in New York and in Illinois. In Illinois, Naperville, Illinois, I've been to Naperville. I had to give a speech in Naperville. This is a father before the local school board. This morning, she got up before us and she started singing a song to her dolls about how excited she was that kids were finally going to be able to see her smile, that she was going to be able to see other kids' smiles, that kids would be able to understand her, and she would stop being picked on because they could not understand her through her mask because her speech has been delayed even more than her special needs. Just breaks your heart. And the school board is going to make the kid continue to have their mask on in Illinois. Here's a Connecticut mother. I'm just so passionate about it because our kids have just been stripped daily of basic humanity. Um, they're faceless. It's, it, it just doesn't make sense. We knew very early on that kids were not at risk for severe disease. Um, and for at least in Connecticut, our teachers have had um, access to vaccines for the past 13 months. The beginning of school, we were on our third booster for teachers. Um, we've had things in place to keep the adults in the school buildings safe. We've had very little meaningful studies on the benefits of masking our kids. Um, but I can give you countless indignities that these kids are suffering daily. That was a Connecticut mother. In Connecticut, they haven't quite gotten to getting rid of the masks in schools. Now the former acting CDC director. Thankfully, young children um, are at the lowest risk for severe infection, for hospitalization, and, and for death. Uh, they're not at zero risk, but they're at, they're at very low risk. Uh, but, but you have to balance the measures that we're asking children and families to do to prevent Omicron against some of those costs. And the costs are, are, are real. You know, the Surgeon General today was talking about the mental health costs. Yes, we've known this for a year. Do you know, a, 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 just a February of last year, the Delta variant was peaking in the nation. 
the vaccines were on the uptake and conservative states, blue, red states were saying, take off the mask now. We don't need the mask anymore. Everybody's getting vaccines. We, we can let our guard down a little bit. And now all of these Democrats are, are doing it. They say, well, COVID's falling so fast. We knew a month ago that the Omicron variant was going to crash very quickly because guess what? That's what it's done everywhere. But here's your perspective on this. There are more daily cases of COVID in the United States right now still than at the peak of the Delta variant. And yet suddenly the Democrats are saying, ah, we can take off the mask now. Pretty sure it has to do with political science, not biological science. But by the way, if you think this is bad, uh, my, my buddy Jay Caruso highlighted this. There's a restaurant in, in Washington, D.C. called P.J. Clark's. I want to read to you the situation in Washington, D.C. This is the most bizarre thing I have seen. I did not realize this was happening, and it certainly makes me uh, decide I'm going to delay going to Washington, D.C. for any meetings. Listen to this. This is for the, what you get and the sign at P.J. Clark's, the restaurant. Not sure if you've heard, but Washington, D.C. now requires that all guests aged 12 years and older provide proof of having received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine in order to dine indoors. Those 18 and older must also show a form of ID. Beginning February 15th, 2022, all guests 12 years and older must provide proof of at least two vaccine doses or one dose of Johnson & Johnson to dine indoors. Please also wear your mask indoors unless you're seated. Even if you're already vaccinated, we appreciate your cooperation as we work to keep you, our other guests and employees safe. This is in Washington. You got to show proof of vaccine and your photo ID to eat. Oh my gosh. Don't make them do it to vote. You know, Republicans, if, if they wanted to really stick it to the Democrats on this, they should try to pass a law that says you got to show your vaccine card to vote. <laughs> Watch the meltdown there. Now, here is probably the most amazing part of this. Um, it is a fascinating fascinating view into the minds of the Democrats. In a new wave of national polls, growing numbers of Americans have expressed a willingness to move on from strict mandates. Seven in 10 respondents in a Monmouth University poll agree that, quote, it's time we accept COVID is here to stay and we just need to get on with our lives. Now, listen, listen to this. Clapping to get your attention. The rush to turn the page risks missing an opportunity for Democrats to claim credit for managing the pandemic at a moment when they sorely need to be able to point to major accomplishments. Party strategists say we should be pointing to the fact that these successes are because of things we did, said Brian Stryker, a partner at polling firm ALG Research. Pointing to vaccine rates, and the expected release of vaccines for young children in the next several weeks. Democrats need to take the win on how far we've come. He's the guy who found closing schools in Virginia hurt the Democrats. So his view, the Democratic strategist's view, is wait, 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 wait. We need to slow this down 
and wait a month and say that it's coming, that we're going to do all these things this month and the next month you can take off your mask to make it political so they can get credit. But the Democrats can't wait because they've seen the internal polling and they know how damaging it is. I haven't worn a mask except on a plane and I don't know when, but I live in Georgia, a state that actually has some common sense. These people have lost their minds. And you know, there's a problem for the Democrats here. The Democratic voters aren't ready to let go of masks yet. Progressives aren't ready to let go of masks yet. And they're starting to freak out at the Democratic politicians rushing to get rid of masks, thinking they're going to make it worse. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go to John Cullen from Florida. Welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you, Eric? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yesterday you were talking about how the guidelines uh, that came from Washington uh, opened the door uh, for a lot of the uh, misinformation or the mishandling of the uh, 2020 election. I thought the states were in charge uh, of the elections, uh, not uh, the federal government. Uh, Could you explain that to me, please? Sure. Um, so yes, the states are in charge of elections. Uh, every state though, when issuing, uh, emergency orders, particularly about a pandemic references guidance from Washington, DC. So for example, for healthcare, uh, they, uh, reference the CDC guidelines on, on how the state should conduct themselves for elections. Every state emergency order, referenced uh, guidelines from the Trump administration on what they could do to secure the elections uh, without uh, causing the pandemic to spread. The Department of Homeland Security issued uh, Election Infrastructure Security Resources. That was the name of it, Election Infrastructure Security Resources. And what Homeland Security did is talking with the FDA and CDC, came up with things that the uh, states could do in order to uh, ensure that the virus did not spread and keep people safe. So, for example, one of the things that they recommended was drop boxes, uh, allowing putting drop boxes in around like post office boxes so that individual voters could take their ballots and drop them off at these drop boxes without having to go to a board of elections. Another thing the Department of Homeland Security recommended was that states go to universal absentee balloting during the pandemic. And a lot of states took advantage of that one and and went forward with it. Uh, So those were the guidelines Homeland Security used. And then the Democrats ran with those. And in some cases, like in Nevada, got the secretary of state to run to court and say, hey, judge, Homeland Security says we should be doing this because of the pandemic. And the judge says, oh, well, if Homeland Security says it, go for it. And the Democrats were able to take advantage of those things. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Let's go to Matt calling from Mostel. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. We're traveling to France this summer, and my wife and I are vaccinated, and the entry requirements for France say If you're over 18, you need to be vaccinated, and you need to have a PCR test. If you're under 18, you do not need to be vaccinated, but you do need to come in with a PCR test. And if you're under 12, you don't need to be vaccinated, and you don't need a PCR test. If you look at everything that's happening in Europe right now with dropping mandates, dropping masks, dropping travel restrictions, 
someone's showing the science here and someone's showing the political science, as you said. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm watching these other countries and they're dropping all this stuff. They're treating it as an endemic. And here we are trying to tighten things down in places like D.C. It's just frosting me. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating because it's fear, not science. Uh, Europeans, by the way, the Danish are now saying uh, they're done. Uh, no more COVID protocols. Boris Johnson late yesterday announced that the U.K. is done with uh, all COVID protocols and masking. The Queen has now been seen in public twice uh, in gatherings of people with no mask on for the first time in two years, uh, which sends a signal to the British that it's safe to come out from behind your mask. And yet here we are with Joe Biden still doing the stupid mask shuffle on stage and Democrats saying, show your ID if you want to eat. It's the craziest anti-science thing. And it's really by fear. And and that I think, and Matt, thanks for the phone call, is, is the real issue here is so much of this is about governance by fear of the virus when most Americans are frustrated and ready to move on and want a sense of normalcy, and it's starting to show up in the polling. Now, related to that, the truckers in Canada. I want to play you some audio. This is a montage. It is the audio of progressives talking about the trucker convoy Remember, remember uh, the the progressives of America that they like progressive uprisings of working class voters. But my gosh, listen to this. Sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. Alarming situation there in Ottawa. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness. This is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment. It's, I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism. Canadians know where I stand. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected, but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful. Reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior. Streets are clogged. The honking is incessant and deafening. This pandemic has sucked for all Canadians. Residents that I have spoken to who say they feel terrorized intimidated residents say they feel like hostages residents in that area say that they are being held hostage that this freedom has essentially this freedom convoy as they call it has essentially imposed a lockdown on them some protesters harassed a soup kitchen these anti-vaxxers actually took food from the mouths of the homeless hungry yeah because they were they're, they're they're so put upon there have not been any violent outbursts however horns have been honking for 12 to 21 hours a night the small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Many of them are holding Confederate flags. I've heard there's QAnon supporters in the crowd. We've seen swastikas. We've seen the Confederate flag. We've seen uh, flags with Justin Trudeau, our prime minister, in a noose. Uh, lots of Donald Trump flags as well. People chanting, let's go, Brandon. It is actually one of the rare times in history you're going to see swastikas and yellow stars uh, at the same protest. A few people shouting and waving swastikas does not define who Canadians are. Ottawa is being besieged by a group of anti-do-anything-about-COVID truckers called the Freedom Convoy. A so-called Freedom Convoy. So-called Freedom Convoy of truckers. It's a cult. (laughs) Yes, it is. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. (laughs) A threat to democracy, uh, an insurrection, sedition. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand and who they stand with. 
Oh, fascinating, isn't it? The way the media covers this reminds me of the Tea Party days in the United States. I'd, I would venture to say most Americans do not care about a trucker convoy in Canada any more than a lot of you care about the Joe Rogan story. I've had a number of people email and say, you know, I just don't care. Can you move on from it? It's a big story, but I get people don't care. And I don't think a lot of people care about this, but uh, there are things that I think you should think about whether you care about the trucker convoy situation or not. First of all, uh, it is thousands of truckers, and it has had such an impact that Alberta, uh, which a lot of people say is the Texas of Canada, the, the Calgary region in that area, very oil-producing cowboys and the like, although much more um, left-leaning economically than Texas will ever be. They're getting rid of all their vaccine mandates and mask requirements at this this time. What the truckers are doing is uh, they've gone to Ottawa. Many of them are uh, blocking the streets. They've actually are blocking one of the biggest bridges into the United States, shutting down trade between the U.S. and Canada in protest. They're trying to hijack the Canadian economy. They are livid. Now, they're livid because... Something like 85 to 90% of truckers in Canada are vaccinated, but the government has decided to take the jobs away from those 10% who won't. And uh, the Canadian truckers are already overworked and they don't want that capacity to go. And they've had enough. They've had enough of the draconian regulations. They've had enough of the things that are causing their business to slow down. They've had enough of the impact on their business and they finally decided to rise up and protest. What is fascinating to me is that Justin Trudeau was all about the Black Lives Matters protests in the United States. It took him about 20 seconds when someone asked him to respond to Donald Trump's criticisms of Black Lives Matters. He, and he nearly cried before he could offer his words of support for Black Lives Matters, uh, an organization that was allowing people to rampage through American cities, burning those cities to the ground in fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Back in 2010, what, Rick Santelli on CNBC. Well, I know it was 2009. Uh, he was furious about some of Barack Obama's tax increase proposals and spending proposals and his health care plan. And he said there was going to be a, a rise of people in the United States. It was going to be like a second Tea Party. And it provoked the Tea Party movement in the United States, of which I was a part. I was running redstate.com at the time, uh, had not yet gotten into radio, was just about to get offered a job at CNN, and was asked to speak all over the country at Tea Party rallies. I went to Colorado, went to Texas, I went to Pittsburgh, uh, went all over Georgia, went to Florida and South Carolina, ultimately wound up introducing uh, Nikki Haley and Sarah Palin in 2010 on the steps of the South Carolina State Capitol as Sarah Palin was endorsing Nikki Haley for governor there. Got to become friends with people like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, Jim DeMint. And one of the things that happened around the country is a, a small malcontented group of people would show up oftentimes with SWAT stickers or, or sympathies to the KKK or racist signs, and the media would overwhelmingly give them attention as if there were no black people there. 
I never went to a Tea Party rally where there were not black people there who were endorsing the Tea Party movement and calling for an end of Obamacare and for the Democrats to shut it down. They never got on TV. The racists got on TV as if they were the embodiment of the Tea Party movement. And I remember when I got to CNN and I pointed this out, there was absolute, I mean, they were appalled. They were aghast that I would be on their television network telling them that they were willfully miscasting the Tea Party activists as racists. When there was a small group of malcontents, they show up at every protest, and yet CNN and these other networks were going out of their way to cover the guys with the SWAT stickers that ignore everybody else. It was predictable. At one rally, I know of a group, uh, and I believe it was MSNBC, I had three three people I know. I wouldn't call them friends, but I know these three guys. And they dressed up as if they were Confederates. And they stood off to the side. And they knew the reporters and the camera crew would come over. And when the reporters and the camera crew came over and started asking them about the Tea Party movement and why were they, they were there and the racism and all that, they said, actually... We dressed up this way because we knew you would come focus on us and you would ignore everyone else. Why are you ignoring all of these people here? Why are you ignoring the black couple over there? Why are you ignoring the Asian and Hispanic couple over there? And the, the news media, they were incensed there. The reporters were furious with these guys. But, the, I mean, they knew it was going to happen. It was that obvious the media was going to do that. And now they're doing it to the truckers in Canada. How many of you have heard the story that a 78-year-old grandfather in Canada, in Ottawa, honked his car horn in support of the truckers and the police dragged him out of his car, put him in handcuffs and shoved him in the back of a police car. That happened. How many of you knew that Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, has said he's going to take the children from the protesters? He will take their children from their homes to punish the protesters. Did you know that? Has the media covered that? Because it's happened. It's not just how the media covers something that indicates their biases. It's also what they don't cover. They're not really covering those stories, but they're all documented for you to find. They're actually happening. When the small business owners of America decided to protest to reopen their businesses in 2020, the media excoriated them. You had, uh, what's her name, Yamichi Al-Sandor, I believe it was her, now PBS was White House correspondent, suggested on Twitter that if any of them get COVID, they need to not be given a ventilator so the ventilators can go to the responsible people who masked up and didn't protest. They were vilified by the press. When Governor Brian Kemp reopened the state of Georgia, the Atlantic ran a story uh, that he was experimenting in human sacrifice to get the economy going. They never apologized. And then when the George Floyd riots happened and people were in the streets burning down businesses, smashing windows, spreading COVID without their masks on, the media said, well, this is far more important than masking this is about civil rights. This is a good protest. Pay no attention to the violence. It's fiery, but mostly peaceful. 
Is it any wonder people don't respect the media? Parents showing up at school boards were painted as racist by the press, vilified by members of the press. Small business owners were, and now the truckers are, just like the Tea Party was back in the day. The media loves a good riot and protest as long as it's left-wingers doing it. But these people who actually want to get their businesses up and going again, these people who are worried about the collapse of their small business, the media treats them like garbage. Across the United States and now Canada. And in Canada, you've got an authoritarian pretty boy as prime minister who couldn't care less about the needs of small businesses. He's too busy running around in blackface and a turban to pay attention to any of it, but yet uses the press to vilify these guys who just want to go back to normal. And now these people are actually turning the tide in Canada. Polling in Canada shows overwhelmingly there's been a rapid shift of the public ready to go back to normal and reopen Canada and noting that the science has changed and Justin Trudeau's government is not. These truckers aren't there to be praised. They will be vilified. But I think history will remember that this was a turning point in Canada's COVID regime, and these guys are the heroes, not the villains. Even as some bad people showed up with some flags none of us like, they were the minority, not the majority. Even as the press paraded them around as if they were the majority, they weren't. They were the minority. The majority of people there were peace-loving, good Canadians who just want to go back to normal now like every other country is doing, except for, well, the United States. Now, before I go to commercial break, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Right now, they're doing a BOGO. You can buy one. You can get one for free. All you have to do is go to EdenPureDeals.com. Now, I'm going to do this one for you. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. When you get there, you will see my name, Eric Erickson. You will also see an inner radio code word up at the top. If you do that, just put in E-R-I-C-K-B-O-G-O, Eric Bogo, for buy one, get one. Click the submit button and da 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 the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. You get two of them, and you actually only pay for one of them. You add the two of them to your cart, and miracle of miracles, behold, you get two Eden Pure Thunderstorms. One of them for free. What a great deal. EdenPureDeals.com. You put in Eric Bogo, B-O-G-O. You get the Eden Pure Air Purifier, the Thunderstorm. It eliminates odors, doesn't mask them, it eliminates them. It gets rid of the bacteria, the mildew, the mold that's floating in your house. It's EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is Eric Bogo. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan, wherever you are nationwide. If you're a small business wanting to be a big business and you need big loans to do it, reach out to First Liberty at firstlibertyga.com. We're talking $750,000 and more. They will help you grow. Firstlibertyga.com. I I mentioned a story. Hang on. I got to get the recorder on this one. Philip's going to want to get this out. I mentioned a story yesterday, and some of you did not believe me about the story. The Obama, or I'm sorry, the Biden administration, you'd think the crazy progressives in the Obama administration would do this, and even the Obama administration would not do this. The Biden administration is giving out crack pipes for free. Crack pipes. So that drug addicts can get clean crack pipes. 
Now, what's so interesting here is that Snopes, the fact-checking site, says this is mostly false. Listen to what they say is true at, at, at uh, Snopes. In 2022, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Substance Abuse Harm Reduction Grant did require recipients to provide safer smoking kits to existing drug users. In 2022, the Department of Health and Human Services gave out grants to states, and if the states wanted the grants, they were required, according to Snopes, to be given crack pipes to the drug addicts. But this is why they say it's mostly false. It was just one of around 20 components of the grant program and far from its most prominent or important one, despite being the primary focus of outraged news sources. What? So they labeled it. This this is how the liberal fact checkers work. It is true. Snopes admits it is true. It was one of around 20 components of the grant program. But because Snopes doesn't like that conservatives have found it, they're declaring it mostly false. It's not mostly false. It's actually true, despite what the fact checkers say. Even the fact checkers giving it a mostly false rating note, and I quote, this was one of around 20 components of the grant program. By the way, they say it was to reduce infections among drug users, not to advance racial equity, as the Washington Free Beacon complained, but racial equity was a secondary consideration. So in other words, for racial equity reasons, the Biden administration has decided to give free crack pipes to drug users. I wonder if Hunter Biden will get one, or will he have to identify as a black person to get it for racial equity reasons? I don't know. Maybe Hunter Biden will be the spokesperson for the program, but it is a factual, actual fact that the Biden administration has decided to give free crack pipes to drug addicts. I guess they decided the Obama phone was so uh, iconic for Obama, they needed their own iconic symbol. So the Biden symbol will not be a phone, but a crack pipe for drug users. Good grief. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building? You want to build a building? Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.